0: Shorty! I won't ever understand my shorties be mad When all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand
1: There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such But the nightlife in the city don't impress me much
0: F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing. F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather 14 footer catching some trout. The fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country. Today on
1: Fish in Paul Bunyan Country, Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, we hear from Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service. We certainly talk fishing, but when Matt's here, there's so many other things to talk about. All kinds of hunting seasons, edibles, and he's done his homework on how this weather is affecting our ecosystem. It's all Coming up. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. While we'll checking in with Matt Brewer from North Country Guide Service, who uh, is going on vacation. Matt, congratulations! You're getting a you're getting some time off.
0: Yeah, I don't get much of it. Usually take a vacation in the winter, and then. Uh... And then we we always take a little vacation over our wedding anniversary, but, uh, but yeah, I'm taking taking a good one. So,
1: yeah, for you, this is gonna—I don't know—it'll be interesting to see uh, if, if you can handle all that downtime.
0: Yeah, I might uh, <laughs> might end up pulling my hair out. Like I said it a million times, I live my life in semi-controlled chaos, and uh, and just having like one or two things to concentrate on without a million other distractions is going to be really weird. I. I might either go mentally insane or uh, or I'll enjoy myself thoroughly. I'm not sure what'll happen yet. So, what are you going to do on vacation? Um, wife and I are taking a little trip. We we usually go somewhere different every year for our anniversary, and and we're going to fly to California and enjoy a little bit of time without kids and and do some sightseeing and fun stuff like that, and let my let my folks have some time with kids alone, and. So they can corrupt them further. Um, <laughs> and then when I get back, I'm actually not going to do any of the the late summer or, or fall guiding. I'm going to leave it to Rylander and, and maybe try out some of the young guns around town. See, see if they can handle some of my old grumpy clients and, and, uh, no, no fish guiding, uh, until basically the ice shows up. Okay. Uh, of course we'll be doing bear guiding, but, um, but yeah, basically, just going to take a month of just working one job and living a normal life, and we'll see how that goes.
1: Okay, I don't know.
0: <laughs> you sound skeptical.
1: It just doesn't. It doesn't seem like you.
0: Yeah, many <laughs> people have told me it's not going to suit me well, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> well, how's the fishing been so far this year for you?
0: It's been really good. Um, it, it's been insanely busy. I've I've found myself burning a candle at both ends, and that's kind of part of what prompted this and then my boat selling uh way faster than i thought it would was the other factor but uh but yeah i've only had like maybe one or two tough days um and obviously the weather has been they, everyone would like to see a lot of rain um you know we need we need many many days in a row with mm. with some steady rain but but the fact that i haven't been chased off the lake um more than one time this season is really crazy it usually happens a bunch um So, yeah, we've been out pretty much every day, um, you know, a day off here or there, but staying on top of fish and bumping around to different lakes and the bite's been really good. So, it's been, it's been fun.
1: Considering how hot the weather's been, how warm the water temps are, how shallow the water is due to drought, uh, does it surprise you the bite has been that good?
0: Yeah, and it's, it's taken a little bit of adaptation. I mean, I, right now I'm in my crankbait mode, um, so I've been pulling cranks for almost a month now, like three weeks a month. And the crankbait bite has, has been really good. And I, I've still been finding shallow fish and uh, haven't switched over to, like, lead core or, or you know, having a down rig or anything like that. It, it's just been straight lining in shallow water. And there's still a ton of fish um, up on the rocks and sand and in the weeds. And, but it's taken some some changes, like I said. So spots that traditionally are like 8.1 feet of water, that I, you know, religiously follow that exact coordinate, trying to troll on my certain uh, trolling routes, and they're now like 5.9 feet of water. So I can't, I can't do things exactly like I would uh, in years past. Everything is is a little bit different due to the, the depth of water. So I've had to bump out and. I've learned to troll the outside edges of of my marks instead of trolling right on top of them, which is what I traditionally do. So, it's been it's been weird, but the fish are still in the spots they're supposed to be, and uh, and they've been biting. So it's been it's been good.
1: Have you had any problems getting the boat on or off the water?
0: Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. So when a place like Coles uh, uh, calls and they say, "Oh, we have yes, that uh, we'd like to hire you for the week." I'm like cringing because big turtles access is like a clogged impeller waiting to happen. Mm. I mean, it's so shallow and you're constantly bottoming out. And you know, my, my Verado is like six feet, three inches tall. Um There's no, there's no trimming it up high enough um where, where either you're going to be making water contact or, or you're sucking in silt. So there's been, there's been issues and, you know, some of the lakes going through bridges, like even going from Bemidji into Irving is like, uh, it's kind of a little bit hairy at times. And and especially places like Big Turtle Mobile or um, I don't even dare attempt uh, taking my boat from Cass into to Pike Bay. it's it, Some of those things are just not feasible this season. So it's been, it's been different and difficult at times. And yeah, I've, I've had to blow out the impellers a few times, um, and yeah, run into issues here and there. My my skeg on my motor did not look nearly as pretty when I sold it as as it did to begin the season. I'll tell you that much. Uh, rocks and silt and sand and lily pads and bumping through all that stuff, uh, I, I lost a little bit of paint on the bottom of the skeg. But but we've made it work. Um, lakes are still fishable, so just got to be really careful when you're when you're close to shore.
1: You picked a good year to sell a boat when there's no new ones available.
0: Yeah, I had thirty-seven messages, texts, calls within twenty-four hours of when wow. my put up for sale. It was crazy. Yeah, um, I know. Including the manufacturer wanting to buy the boat. <laughs> <I> was Like <laughs> that's that's how crazy it was. Um, and I was a nice guy. I could have let it go to a bidding war and made probably made some pretty good ching selling it, but uh, but I I. Kind of go into it every, every year I sell a boat. I always say, you know, I, I just want to basically get what I, get what I need out of it and, uh, and maybe a little extra for any extra maintenance or things like that and call it good. And I stuck to it. So somebody got a really good deal on a, on a year where most people are trying to jab people with, uh, with inflation. I just sold it for what I, what I wanted out of it and they get to, they get to take a boat for, for long haul, and got a got a really good deal on it, with the agreement that I can come see her once in a while, and maybe <laughs> maybe jump in the boat with them one day. So,
1: the gods of fishing look <laughs> kindly upon you today.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> well, um, this drought. Um, what are you seeing out there? Is there anything that concerns you as from a long term perspective? I mean, obviously, if we don't get this thing turned around in another, you know, fairly soon, it's going to be really serious, but. Other than that, uh, if we were to get, start getting rain now, would we be okay?
0: So I, I've done a fair amount of research, um, you know, not just for my own personal wants and needs, but, um, sitting on the board for the Sharptown Grouse Society, you know, we're starting to, um, to have co- some concerns with some of the native prairie disappearing because of farmers needing hay and, uh, haying places that normally they wouldn't. And, you know, there, there's a lot of different, like, wheels. Um, in my house that are that are turning that um, that this drought is impacting so um, according to what i have found i know i shared an article on social media not long ago and it said that we would need like uh, 10 to 12 inches of rain between now and september 1st to get us back on on table well that's not going to happen no um, and all these rains have been great when we do get them but one, one like shot of rain for two hours doesn't really actually do anything for us. So yes, I'm happy it's raining because some things are being replenished, but we need like little rains or steady rains every day or multiple days in a row in order for the soil to actually uh, accept it and, and start to break down properly. And it's grim. I mean, things are not looking good. We're, we're going to lose. Uh, areas of emergent veg- vegetation on lakes this coming winter due to ice shift um, in places that we've never had vegeta- vegetation emergent out of the lake. Um, so you know the landscape is going to start to change, and then the fishing starts to change, the biology of the lake starts to change. Everything is everything is different. Um, so yeah, we 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 need things to change. We either need to pray for a lot of rain from now through ice up or we're going to have to go the opposite route and or not the opposite route but the alternate route and we're going to have to pray for a lot of snow and nobody wants to pray for that <laughs> i'm willing to pray I, for the rain <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll rain dance every day from now till december 1st uh, just so it doesn't have to snow you know four feet to get us back on table but um yeah there's a long a r- real long-term impact here it's, It's not just, oh, this season is terrible. It's going to take a long time for Mm. this stuff to come back.
1: Yeah, we'd have to be like the Upper Peninsula, snow wise.
0: Um, Yeah, or we'd have to be like New Brunswick, rain wise. Right. (laughs)
1: Yes. Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service talking all things outdoors today. We've got a lot more with Matt to go next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. This is in Paul Bunyan Country. Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service, my guest. Well Matt, I know you're you're you know, you're a renaissance man when it comes to the outdoors. It's not just fishing for you. I mean, you're in the woods and you're on the prairies and that pretty much any type of Outdoor activity you're involved in some way or another. Um, what are you seeing, like in the woods, for instance? I know you, you know, you go for edibles. How's the drought affecting them?
0: I have turned down, I think, close to 20 trips for wild edibles or survival um, because there are no wild edibles. I mean, the humidity teamed with that storm we had this past week. Um, some things are starting to pop things are starting to come to life a little bit but it's not a high enough abundance for me to take people out and give them a proper education um there there just aren't really that many mushrooms in the woods um berries are you know few and far between raspberries are uh, i always joke that raspberries are super resilient because they're a weed um and they they act like it i mean raspberries are fine this year despite the drought but Anybody who's big into blueberries, you know, go out and look at your blueberry patches. They're, it, it's not just a down year for blueberries. Like, this is weather-impacted. There just aren't very many, and the ones there are, they're small. And I've been out scouting a little bit for, for bear, you know, wondering what's out there for food. And the resilient things like raspberries, that's fine, and dandy. Um, and blackberries, they'll go because they're resilient Um, but acorns are almost non-existent Um, I've been looking at every type of oak we have in the area so you know we've got scrub oak and and there's the bur oak which is basically the same as scrub and then we've got white and red oak and they usually kind of alternate so like when white oaks have a lot of acorns red oaks are a little thinner and then and then it's opposite and it's cyclical Um, but none of them have acorns I mean there are some little acorns on, on trees here or there or uh, or sprouts of acorns that happened that have dried up and now the acorn is no longer viable. So there's no food. Um, bear encounters in town uh, and on the outskirts of town, things like that, are at an all-time high. And it's because there's nothing for them to eat in the woods, so you can't really blame the bears. I mean, they they got to find food somewhere. And I, for the first time, um we've lived at our little farm for like seven years and we've had a bear stroll through for from time to time time like i've seen bear poop in the yard and you know caught a glimpse of a bear just poking through but we've never had one like stop and interrupt anything and we actually had one um we believe it was on the deck and where i've got my smoker and it destroyed all of our feeders um so you know Things like that are highly impacted, but the flip side of the coin with that is guiding for bears is going to be incredible. Like if I start dumping food in the woods, I would imagine that every bear in the area is going to come find it. <laughs> um, so my bear clients, I would guess are going to be very, very happy this year. Um, but it, you know, it's at, at what cost? Right. So how many bears are we going to lose due to starvation or? Uh, if they go into the winter without any fat and we have a tough winter it's going to be ugly so um so yeah i'm i'm worried about everything and then you can you can say well you know bears will rely on farms well you ask any farmer how their how their crops are doing and uh right it's not great
1: yeah yeah, this is a this is quite an impact it's having. I mean, you know, I, same thing with me. I've never had bears in my yard, but uh, they've destroyed my feeders. They've destroyed my feeder pole. Um, so you know, I got to bring the food in every every night to the garage and close the garage down. Um, so yeah, it's it's different. It's way way different. Yeah. Um. So, when you were talking about like, the wild berries and the mushrooms. Now, how resilient are they? Uh, will they come back, uh, or are they? Go- are we going to see a multi-year situation? Even if we do start to get some rain,
0: no mushroom. I mean, the mushrooms. Y- you think of a mushroom. Um, it's you know, mush- mushrooms are the largest organism on the planet. So they're on underground, essentially. the The root system, the mycelium, is underground. So it's just going to lay dormant. And what happens with mushrooms is. When they pop, essentially, that's like the fruit, right, of the, the root? Yeah. Um, so they wait for the perfect situation or or the opposite, an unstable situation, and that's when they fruit, but they need water to do so. So the mycelium is, you know, deep enough in the ground where it's going to be fine and the mycelium will still hold and lay dormant. And then as soon as it rains and uh, and there's enough moisture for it to fruit, it's going to fruit. So not going to impact that long term berry patches some of those you know if they if they drought hard enough they won't come back next year um so they're a little bit different you know mm-hmm. so blueberries you know we're we're kind of famous in this area for having really good blueberry picking and and that's going to be impacted for several several years down the road more than likely um we're still going to have blueberries don't get me wrong but they rely on shade and moisture and, uh, and we haven't seen a lot of either so
1: Matt give me your thoughts on on you know the other things that that you're involved in you do you know you you hunt for basically everything um what can we expect for deer for for bear for whatever
0: deer I mean from a population standpoint like plenty of animals <laughs> um it, there's no shortage of bears. There's no question there. You know, just because people don't see them doesn't mean they're out there. There's a lot of bears in this hmm. area and, and they, they actually surprisingly had a pretty good winter despite lack of snow. Um, but they, they're really hardy when it comes to denning. Um, you know, they, they don't crawl in this deep little hole and they, bears don't even actually hibernate despite the folklore. They, they actually torpor. So they, they drop their heart rate low enough and and they go into it with reserves and they had a pretty decent winter. So bears are good Deer, There's deer everywhere. Um, it was a really conducive, uh, fall and spring for, for breeding. And, uh, and then obviously when the babies came, uh, things have been looking pretty good. Bird numbers should be fantastic because the biggest, um, the biggest problem with, with broods is rain. So, you've maybe heard the wives say like when it rains turkeys look up at the sky and and drown It's a joke about turkeys and how dumb they are (laughs) but uh but there is there is a little truth to it if it's a really wet spring birds don't do well Uh, babies get wet they get hypothermia and uh and you know that's a real problem so bird numbers should be absolutely fantastic and i'm seeing that around my house like turkey and grouse and woodcock numbers they're thick like (laughs) there's turkeys and grouse and woodcock everywhere and they've got full broods so you know if a turkey lays 20 eggs uh you know typically you're looking at probably 40 to 50 percent um and i'm seeing like broods of 10 12 14 you know numbers look really really good above average so so bird numbers should be good. Grouse hunting should be really good this fall. Scenting conditions are going to suck unless it starts raining. But um, for you bird dog people, but um, but numbers should be good and hunting should be decent. And if there's not food, um, if you can find it, you're going to find whatever you're after. So if, you know, if you find a patch of clover that somehow managed to last under a shady part of a pine tree, and and the deer are really hitting that clover. Or if you have a food plot that you've been watering, probably going to be pretty good this year.
1: You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service, my guest. We're talking about all things outdoors and how this weather this year is really affecting things, mainly not for the good. And Matt, you know, one of the things that I keep hearing about in addition to the real concern about the water levels and even groundwater concerns... Uh the other big 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 concern is fire.
0: Oh yeah. I I joked with someone um you know I've only mowed my lawn I think two or three times a season and one of the days that I mowed I only mowed it because there were weeds and saplings sticking up out of the yard. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't think I don't think my blades touched any grass <laughs> but I I've joked around that I don't even dare mow because I'm in fear of starting a fire. And people are like, "What? You can't start a fire running your lawnmower." And I'm like, "Do you have you ever dealt with Tinder? Like, and not the dating app.
1: <laughs> no,
0: fire Tinder. Like, it, it sparks immediately with almost zero effort, and that's what we are right now as a big ball of Tinder. So if I go run my mower, and let's say a pine needle gets stuck in the motor, I run a big zero turn, and it gets hot." And on a hot day, the motor's running even hotter, and that little pine needle decides to get in the motor in the wrong spot, and it starts on fire, or drops down onto my lawn. My lawns are going to go up like, like nobody's business. So, it's uh, yeah, it's it's scary. Fireworks? We we didn't we didn't do fireworks. Uh, we did did some let the kids do some sparklers while they stood like in the fire pit like how boring is that
1: yeah right
0: <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's definitely a fear there's there's zero chance that you're going to find me uh starting any kind of fire in the woods to, to cook anything or anything like that it's yeah it's a nerve-wracking thing and what what happens when we get an electric an electricity storm or an electric storm and and lightning strikes somewhere you you can pretty much guarantee it's going to start a fire so uh, we need the rain to hit before the lightning. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that people often don't think about that you could sit here and wax an intellectual about all day. And uh, the bottom line is, we we need some wet. We
1: do. I mean, I don't even really like to grill, just in case some spark goes flying off, and you know.
0: Yeah, what? isn't that crazy? You shouldn't have to worry about that. <laughs> no, no. And and the last time I mowed, I mowed like immediately after it got done raining. <laughs> Like, I waited until my lawn was wet to mow.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. kind of the opposite of what you're supposed to do, but... Right. Uh. Well, let's talk about something fun. You're you're going on vacation. Sometime in that vacation, you might get a chance to go fishing. Here's the deal. You're not taking clients out. You don't have to answer to anybody but yourself, so you can fish for whatever you want. So what are you fishing for?
0: I tried to squeeze this, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> But the wife wasn't having any of it. <laughs> so uh, every year when we go on vacation, I sneak a fishing trip into it somewhere. And this year we're not going fishing. We're we're going to be in California, and I'm like, California has a different breed of halibut. They have California halibut, so we have to go fishing for these <laughs> halibut, or we can go tuna fishing and have tuna straight off the boat. He's like, No, I don't think we should fish this year. Like, hmm.
1: All right,
0: so we're not we're not fishing. But if I were, I would be doing one of those two things.
1: Okay. What about up here when you can fish for whatever you want to?
0: I I tell clients all the time they're like, "When you go fishing, what do you fish for?" And on my days off, um, you know, now now I've got a little more incentive. I've got, I've got a son who wants to fish all the time, so yeah. he talks me into it a lot more um than if I, you know, had a normal year where on my day off I'm not going fishing. Um, but smallmouth or um or bluegills or crappies. Those are the things I kind of, I really like chasing big bluegills. And something about the relaxation of just sitting and being a kid again, watching a bobber, for someone who's busy like me, like I don't want to run around the boat, net and fish. I I just want to sit down, watch a bobber, reel it in, throw it back. I want good, fun action, sitting still, not running the kicker motor. Like, I love that. And then smallmouth bass, just always had a passion for smallmouth. They're an absolute blast. And I'm watching guys who are up fishing the High Falls Pass Championship right now. And I'm like, ooh, I wish I were up there. That looks like a lot of fun. But, um, but um yeah, that's probably what I'd be doing on my day off. But my son would probably be like, I need a walleye for my Instagram. So <laughs> we'd have to go walleye fishing.
1: <laughs> well, you got more options for smallmouth up here than you ever had before.
0: It's crazy. There are smallmouth in so many different lakes now. They've just spread like wildfire, and uh I I know what happened, and I know who did it, and how it happened, and uh, I I'm really glad it did. Um, you know, if I take clients out walleye fishing and we happen to stumble into a four mo- four pound smallmouth, I love it. That's great. It's yeah. a great option, and I understand it changes the dynamic of the lake, and uh, you know the whole ecosystem changes a little bit, but. We're already dealing with so many changes, like the drought, and uh, we've got rusty crayfish, and we've got zebra mussels, and the amount of zebra mussels, oh my gosh, uh, it's it's crazy. And we've got starry warts and we have a million factors that we're already fighting, so why not fight (laughs) an invasive species to the lake? That is actually really fun to catch.
1: (laughs) True that, and and, and the other thing is, um, you know what, you know as as it seems that we're heating up i mean we we're already seeing more and more of our lakes naturally go to more of a panfish bass type lake anyway i mean there's no there kind of is no stopping it in, unless we see a, a reversal in uh, in temperature trends yeah <laughs> that doesn't look good <laughs> it does not well, for those, I mean, obviously, uh, if we want to if we want to book a trip uh, through North Country Guides for fishing, it's uh, it's uh, some of the some of the other guys on the crew. How can we go about getting signed up?
0: It's still all the same. Um, you can find us at northcountryguides.com, or you can look at North Country Guide Service and Promotions on any social media, um, and you can contact me, and I can funnel you to the right guy. I've been working my butt off trying to make sure everybody has somebody to fish with, I'm trying to make uh, all the vacationers very happy with their Bemidji experience and and uh, me my team and uh, and even some of the other guys in town who've been helping out are doing a really good job so I will follow you to the right person and if Jason can't take you we'll we'll just put you down the line and keep going until we find somebody who can take you okay and the other
1: thing is I'm assuming you are booked for bear already
0: we are completely booked yep yeah. uh, um, <laughs> it's actually like uh, I, I've got a waiting list going out five years so we, we
1: <laughs> so it's going to be a while <laughs> we're,
0: yeah we're still taking people on because it takes four to five years to draw a tag anyway so if you want to if you want to get a bear hunt uh calling now is probably the best time to do it okay and, so you can get on the books for a future year but
1: do you uh do you do any other hunting trips for any other species animals out there
0: uh we do a little bit of waterfowl and specifically cranes um there's a lot of people that you know, don't know anything about crane hunting and don't realize even that we have a crane season in Minnesota. So um, back where I grew up, you can hunt cranes. So we try to accommodate some people who want to get after that. Um, and then, you know, if people are having trouble finding a deer and just want one for meat, we don't do any trophy hunts for deer, uh, just meat hunts. But if people want to get out and they're having some trouble finding a deer, we can help them with that. But other than that, we try to stick to fishing and bear hunting.
1: All right, and uh, again, uh, phone number to call and website to check.
0: 218-766-1814, or you can get Jason at 218-760-7781 or northcountryguides.com.
1: He is the newly laid-back Matt Brewer from North Country Guides. Matt, have a great vacation and downtime. I can't wait to find out if it fits you or
0: not. Yeah, I can't wait either.
1: (laughs) A lot of great stuff still to come this week on the show. We're going to hear from the Lucas Village Foods United Way Fishing Champions, both the walleye and the bass champs, in our next show. And we'll wrap up the week with Henry Drews. He is retiring from the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. He will reminisce on his long career with Northwest Fisheries. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast so you can listen whenever it's convenient for you. You can do that at Podcast One on the Pod MN app, which will give you access to hundreds of Minnesota-based podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country is sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Fish Country. Country. Country.